Chapter 4, Drowning in the Fountain. Drowning in the Fountain. Drowning in the Fountain. Most of my childhood I spent with my brother Ben. He was very close to me in age, like 19 months older, but very different from me in temperament. So we got along quite well. In the beginning, he was pretty typical of the Williamson kids, but he was the only one of us who was shy. He was so quiet. Me and Ben were taken to dyslexic classes at the age of about eight. We hated going, and I'm not sure how much they really helped, but I always remember at the first class him getting the alphabet wrong, and I remember thinking, wow, he really does have a problem. I'm sure it was mostly nerves with us and performance anxiety, because when Ben decided to get smart, he got really smart. He got 12 O-levels and 4 A-levels and his doctorate at the age of 20. He's now a professor of geology at a university. It's funny because although he's probably the most functioning member of our family, I still think he's probably one of the most weird. It's almost like he had a midlife crisis at the age of about 10. I remember his teacher telling him that he was a failure and that he'd probably end up working at a petrol station. And he just went, fuck you, I'm not. And he willed himself to succeed. At the time, he was also a little porky. And the first thing he started doing was throwing his sandwiches over the church wall at school. Eventually, he was spotted. But the church wall diet did work for my brother. And as he slimmed down, his determination grew. He got into a very good secondary school at the age of 11 and buckled down and quietly succeeded. He was also kind of straighter than the rest of us, and even though he tried to be laid back, he was just simply more uptight. The only one really cool thing he did, though, as far as I was concerned, was that he played the drums, and at the age of about 13, he started a punk band with some of his friends. And the great thing was that they needed a singer, and much to my surprise, they asked me, to be in a band at the age of 12 with three older boys was the best thing that could have happened to me. I loved it. All of a sudden I felt wanted and I had boys around me. My little English private girl school friends were just in awe. Until that moment I was just the weird, fat, outspoken girl in the corner of class looking out the window most of the time. So the fact that I knew some boys and sang in a punk group was very cool. The band was called Social Disease. The first gig we played was at my brother's school, King's College Wimbledon, and I got gobbed on, which is very punk. I remember a big glob of it dripping off the rim of my hat. Nice. The first song I learned in that band was a very risky version of The House of the Rising Sun. I loved being in a band. It was great to be part of a gang a camaraderie I've never felt doing anything else really and I still feel the same today. For a lot of our adolescent years we all thought Ben was weird because when the smart thing hit he literally just went into his room and studied and was gone. I used to drag him out to parties and things and he'd come along never really contributing too much but maybe voyeuristically joining in. We pretty much spent all our time together growing up but I don't think we really talked much. We had a quiet understanding. He looked after me and was my protector. As I said before, Putney was pretty tough when we grew up. 
At our end of the road, we had a few nice old houses and the police flats where I presume police officers lived with their families. But at the other end of the road, there were the council flats. I used to have to walk to singing lessons in my purple school uniform down past the council flats and often get picked on. Even bottles thrown at me because I went to a private girls' school. Ben would stand and watch, and if they approached me, he would come running down the road yelling. It was very effective. When my dad left, I was 15. I remember when he told me. I was cleaning the car, and he said something like, Well, kiddo, I'm off. I'll call you later on. I remember just feeling numb. It was Ben who really hated it. Although my mother was definitely out of control, he had this kind of strong loyalty to her. He did his best as a 16-year-old boy to hold things together and was very angry with my dad. He tried to help my mum and look after things, but my mum was looking for vengeance and she could get a rise out of anyone. She picked and pushed at us till we were writhing in frustration. I walked into the kitchen once to find Ben with his hands around her throat. I was like, uh, Ben, you, you better stop. It was strange, this kind of bowl of emotionless behavior we were in. I remember him dropping his hands and just walking away. It wasn't a big deal. Even my mum knew it wasn't a big deal because she was that annoying and she knew it. Or she couldn't remember it. Who knows? I also remember her falling in the fountain once, head first, and she couldn't get out because her arms were caught behind her. I was on the phone in the kitchen at the time and calmly told whoever it was that I was talking to that my mum was drowning in the fountain and I better go pull her out. I didn't feel anything. I just dragged her out and she walked away. Living with an alcoholic can deaden your emotions. It was very hard being around my mum at that stage. The drinking really took a hold and we were basically set free. I really didn't have to tell anyone where I was going or what I was doing. I pleaded with my dad to let me stay with him, but he said it wasn't possible. I left school at 16 and got a job at a coffee shop in Putney. My dad was not impressed and managed to get me into art college, where I spent two years learning how to drink and play poker in the canteen at lunch. It was about this time, though, that my dad introduced me to his friend Lily. She was a singer, and we formed a little group called Sisters Under the Skin, and I started into the world of making music, and even started writing songs. Oh, and I met my first love, Nick Gowing. It was a torturous, adolescent, wonderful romance that lasted forever, or maybe a year or so. Ben met his partner at university and they've been together ever since. They have a wonderful daughter and live in a gorgeous house on a hill overlooking the ocean in Devon. He did have one absolutely crazy marriage midlife moment, but thank God came down to earth quickly. We were all totally stunned. He'd always been the quiet, dependable, reliable one. Again, sounding familiar? As one of my horse trainer friends said, it's the quiet ones that explode. 
I never knew how his wife forgave him, but I think I understand now that she just loved him enough. When she found out, she took his credit card and put 15,000 pounds of purchases on it. <laughs> we all thought that was hilarious. My brother Robbie left home at the age of about 16 and became an explorer. He went away looking very boyish and wide-eyed and returned two years later with a long beard and worldly views. After that, he never stayed home for too long and became a deep sea diving instructor and guide for other exploring types on a program called Operation Drake. He moved to Canada at some point and started his own youth exploring company. I stayed with him for about two months when I first arrived in Canada. I've always liked Robbie. He was really funny, but for some reason we always fight. I think it's because we're kind of alike, except I'm obviously way smarter than him. We tried so many times to be friends, but something strange always intervened. I think it's because Robbie and his wife are just less damaged. They didn't grow up in crime and craziness he left and went around the world before our family fell apart and before mum really went downhill. His memories of his childhood are probably way different from mine and truthfully I don't have many memories of him at all growing up. Robbie's wife seems like she's out of a quaint English country living magazine. She wears flowers and bakes bread in a lovely Englishy way. She's very very sweet and kind but I didn't ever want to see the bad side of her. I could always feel it bubbling under her smile. But to their credit, you hardly ever seem to meet two people more in love. They are a super couple and they have two super kids. But I always felt a little grubby in their company. Anyway, I pulled various terrible practical jokes on Robbie over the years to try and win his respect. Like once I stayed at their house and they were going off for the weekend. They gave me this long lecture about not having a party whilst they were gone, which really annoyed me, so I left a sleazy ankle bracelet in their bed, and I never said a word about it. And the funny thing is, neither did they. <laughs> yeah, oh well. Family is family, and I know, deep down, we have each other's backs. Distance. And so sought after. 